0: hey y'all it's janice here aka j nice on the mic and this is dirty diversity a podcast on all things diversity equity and inclusion this podcast is called dirty diversity because in this day and age diversity has become sort of a dirty or bad word that causes a lot of knee-jerk and negative reactions The goal of this podcast is to dissect diversity, or lack thereof, inside and outside of companies, and also to discuss current events around equity and inclusion, as well as discussing solutions for creating a more cohesive world and workplace. My name is Janice, AKA J Nice on the mic. (laughs) That was and still is my moniker on YouTube. Some of you may know I started a YouTube channel almost 10 years ago to discuss topics around race and Black identity, and it seemed to really resonate with my audience. I'm also a TEDx speaker, a professor, a diversity and inclusion consultant, and a writer with a PhD in organizational psychology. Welcome to Dirty Diversity, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here with me. My people, my people, what's up? Jay Nice on the mic. How are y'all doing out there in podcast land? Well, I hope you all are doing wonderfully. The first thing I want to do before anything is to do a shout out to one of the wonderful listeners. Um, if It would mean the world to me if you all took a second to rate and um, review this podcast so that other people can find the Dirty Diversity podcast. And I wanted to read a review that I received from TAP, from TAP Al- Alternate Black. <laughs> it was taking me a second. Um, so TAP Alternate Black writes, found Dr. Janice through LinkedIn, And decided to check out the podcast. And it is so well done. Thank you so much. Uh, Inspirational, inspiring, and and informative. A must listen. Tap Alternative Black. You rock. Thank you so much for that wonderful review. I really appreciate it. And, um... If you all could take a second to rate and review the podcast, it would mean the world to me. I really appreciate the time that you take to tune in and listen, and I'm. it makes me feel really happy that the listeners that you all out there find value in this podcast. I try to always provide resources, so it's just not me blabbing, <laughs> but I'm actually um, backed by empirical data and research, so I really appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen. Um so, let's get into it. I mean, it's really hard to avoid the conversation of the coronavirus. Um for those of you who follow me on the gram and to watch my stories, which you know, it's it's one thing to follow someone on Instagram. I think you get to know people really well if you watch their Insta stories. 'Cause what you post on Insta stories for me is a little bit more intimate and just a little bit more into who I am. So if you've been if you follow me on Instagram and if you have been um whatchamacallit, if you have been watching my Insta stories, you would know how I feel about the coronavirus. I think the media does a really good job with playing into the fears of the public. And I think that the constant and incessant reporting about the coronavirus has really, how do I say, it has made people, put people in a panic. People are really fearful. You know, I went to the store the other day, and all of the hand soap was gone, which kind of makes me think, were y'all not washing your hands before? But I guess there is this irrational fear that all the hand soap in the world will be completely gone. No hand soap, no wipes. I went on Amazon last night to look for Lysol wipes because I, I always, like before this whole issue, and, and I know we're not supposed to call it a pandemic. I don't know if it's actually technically a pandemic yet, but before this whole incident coronavirus occurred, I always buy uh, Clorox wipes in bulk. So I buy like two packs, uh, two packs of three from Costco. And I didn't even fool myself by looking at my local Costco because I knew they were going to be out. So I was like, well, you know, let me just look because I'm nearing the end of my, my, my pack. So let me just look. And they were all sold out out of stock on Amazon. And I went ahead and ordered some that are going to be in, actually on my birthday, March 23rd. They are coming in, which is two weeks from today. I'm actually recording this a little bit late, but my goal is to get this up before the day ends. Um, So... Some of you may know, I. my goal is to, um, I record the podcast on Sundays and post them by late Sunday evening or early Monday morning, usually like by midnight Mondays I post. Right now it's um, morning, on Monday morning, so I'm behind my schedule, but I'll still get it out on Monday as promised. So today is going to be, excuse me, kind of a, a, not really a rant, but just me talking this is probably a lot less organized than most episodes. Um, each episode, I, I really try to, I don't want to say make a script, but I write notes to stay on focus. But this is a little more off the cuff. And I do have notes, but I wanted to just share my thoughts. Um, so I really am not one to feed into panic. I'm very, for those of you who know me personally, you know how how big I am on affirmations And I just wanted to share my thoughts. So I think it's important to stay healthy, absolutely. Wash your hands, eat healthy. Sleep is really important. And I think as often in, in, especially in the United States, it's over, the importance of sleep is overlooked. But we have to be remaining vigilant and healthy. I think getting the masks are a waste, honestly, um, because people are buying them out of fear. And you don't need a mask if you're, my personal opinion, and let me um, give a disclaimer, I'm not a medical professional, but, like, I don't personally think that wearing a mask around the grocery store is going to do anything. Um, I also think that what you constantly consume will manifest. I don't watch the news. I we have a television. I don't watch it. I watch Netflix here and there, but I'm not an avid TV watcher. I actually turned the notification the news notifications on my phone off because I could not stand the incessant and constant notifications about the coronavirus. I get it. It's a very dire situation. It's not looking good, but I don't need to feed that into my psyche. And I would encourage you all to do what you need to do to practice self-care. And for me, a form of self-care is not to be inundated with bad news constantly. I don't you know, and I respect the Shade Room. I get what they're doing. I'm proud that the the creator of the Shade Room, which is I think the third most visited Instagram site, is the Shade Room. Some of you may know it, some of you may not. But um, they report on mostly news that impacts or um, is relevant to Black people within the United States and abroad. And um, so I respect the fact that you know it's Black operated. However, I found that for me personally, it's not good to feed. The majority of the, the news that I find on there is negative. I try not to feed that into my psyche. So I I would really encourage us all to practice self-care. For some people, they can go onto a page like The Shade Room and they find entertainment in that. For me, I find that it's just not good for me and I, I really try to feed myself positive things and I, I i really encourage us all to be really mindful of what we're putting into our head what type of tv we're watching movies we're watching music we're listening to and for me i got to watch the music cuz i i love my um i love my trap music but um yeah that's a whole nother discussion i'm not going to going to get into that now but mindset is really really important I read this book once upon a time, and for those of you who follow me on Instagram, I would encourage you to uh, follow or check out the hashtag jnicereads. I have been making it a practice since I got on Instagram uh, almost 10 years ago. I hashtag books that I read, so if you're looking for some interesting reads, check out jnicereads on Instagram. But I read this book a couple years ago. It was on mindset. I think it was called The Power of the Unconscious Mind. And it was a very fascinating book. But in that book, the author gave specific examples of doctors who have given patients fake Um, fake cures or even placebos, sugar pills that are not an actual cure to the illness that they're experiencing. But the mind is so powerful that the patients actually reported that their symptoms either got better or went away completely after receiving the treatment um, or the placebo from the doctor. So our minds are so, so, so powerful, our minds are so powerful. We can craft and create illnesses and we can craft and create cures at the same time. So I would really caution you against constantly consuming information about the coronavirus. I understand the need to want to stay informed. The CDC is a great website to stay informed. However, when you want to stay informed, I would say go up on the website yourself rather than Um, being sort of a victim of the media and having them spit out information at you constantly. I don't need to know every single state that is in a state of emergency. I don't need to know how many people have died from the coronavirus. Me personally, that is not helping me. So that was my little rant. I, I just really encourage you all to um, be be more cognizant of what you're feeding into your mind and into your psyche. Self-care, for me, is really, really controlling the information that is going That I'm consuming. Um, So for those of you who are working from home this week, which is myself included, um, one of the things that I do is that I teach. And so a few of my students have shared with me that they were not feeling well. So I decided it was better to um, conduct online classes this week. I hope you all are feeling wonderfully. And if you're working from home, Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some ways that I stay productive, because a lot of the work that I do, I have an office, but a lot of the work that I do is from home. So the first thing that helps me to stay productive while working from home, as I mentioned, is I don't watch TV. There is a, I think it's like 80-inch, there's an 80-inch TV in our home, and I do not watch television I am, you know, I stopped watching TV a couple years ago when I was working on my dissertation. And when I was working on my dissertation, um, I found that I was always watching TV. And I would, I loved my juicy shows on VH1. And I would watch all kinds of ratchet television and I just found that I was not being productive. And I had a conversation with my mom, and she's like, You need to cut it out. And this was maybe 2016, 2017. And at that time, I was like, All right, I got to stop watching TV. So it was a challenge because I had a TV right next to my bed at the time. and I would consume TV when I would get home from classes. When I just wanted to free my mind, TV would be my go-to. I stopped doing that. And now it's become a habit where I just don't really watch TV. Honestly, YouTube is my television. And I limit my watching of YouTube to when I am at the gym. So when I need some some cardio, um, when I go to the gym, I usually consume my juicy Not even television. I I watch bloggers, um, and commentary channels. But YouTube has become my television, and I don't really miss TV. And I find that I'm happier. My psyche is better. I just am light. I feel lighter just not watching TV. And when I go to visit my parents, oh my goodness, my (laughs) my dad is in this constant news cycle. My dad loves his MSNBC. He'll flip from MSNBC to see what they're saying on Fox News, to see what they're saying on CNN. So I get annoyed when I go visit them and it's always news. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about these things 24 seven. So what helps me stay productive for any of you working from home is no TV um, I turned my phone off. Well, what I did to really stay productive when I was writing my dissertation, and it was difficult. I was able to buckle down, and in, I would say, probably six to eight months, I wrote about a 180, it was like hundred and seventy, hundred and nine to 190-page document that was basically the key to me receiving my, uh, my Ph.D., So I had to really buckle down. Excuse me. I don't always practice this now. So now I don't turn my phone off, but I will put it away for me. But when I was writing my dissertation, I would turn my phone off. So the process for any smartphone to turn your phone on, it's you got to turn it on. You got to wait. So I would turn my phone off and put it upstairs so that if I really wanted to get on it, I, I would have to go upstairs, turn it on. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do all that. So um, the notifications are hard to, um, when you are receiving incessant and constant notifications on your phone, it might be hard to stay focused. For me, I'm always checking my email. So what I would find that made me productive is putting my phone away from me, turning it off and putting it upstairs. Also putting my phone on airplane mode, but that didn't help as much because it's easy to take your phone off airplane mode. Um, but also turning notifications off on my computer or what I do is uh, turn my computer uh, internet off. So when I'm writing, particularly if you your job doesn't entail you needing the internet, if you're like working on something that requires just writing um, or just, you know, you don't need the internet, just turning your internet off. And that made me really productive. Um, and turning it off on my computer... If you want to go as far as, excuse me, turning your modem off, you could do that too. I've I've never done that, but I would turn my phone off, and that really, really helped me. Sidebar, I wanted to share that I do offer virtual workshops and webinars. I've had, in the last month, I've had maybe five to seven uh, representatives of organizations reach out to me about doing um bias workshops. So with the state of the country as it is right now, with a lot of people rightfully so worried about the coronavirus, that would inhibit me from attending events and conferences and workshops. So I wanted to just share that I do offer virtual workshops and webinars. And these are a really great uh, thing to add to your workplace toolkit. So if you're interested in having me uh, conduct a online workshop uh, about unconscious bias, how to get the ROI of your diversity and inclusion programs, reducing microaggressions, retaining diverse employees, how to facilitate racial dialogue within your workplace, definitely reach out to me. My email is in the show notes and you can send me any sort of inquiries there. And um, I would definitely encourage you to do that, especially if you're looking to do workshops within the next few months. We don't know how things will go with the coronavirus. So um, I just wanted to do a little plug and commercial right there. Um, Again, my email is in the show notes if that is something that you're interested in having me uh, do in your workplace. Also, I wrote an article, a recent article on the discrimination and racism that we're now seeing against people of Asian descent. I will leave the article in the show notes, but one thing that I would encourage you to do when you hear things that perpetuate stereotypes against different groups is to challenge those stereotypes and just say, that's not right. And just because you're Asian doesn't mean you're more likely to contract the coronavirus. You know. Just spitting out the facts to people, and it's important to just speak up when you you know. And in, in New York City, um, if you take the subway, I think the MTA model motto, excuse me, is if you see something, say something. So the idea is like if you witness any sort of Thing going on within the subways, the New York City subways, speak up um, so that they can do something about it. So I adopt the same motto for when you witness discrimination, bias, and racism. If you see something, say something, point it out. Sometimes people perpetuate negative uh, stereotypes without realizing that they are stereotypes. And because they're more positive in nature, they think that it's not offensive, but it plays into these different dialogues that we have about different groups. So, if you see something, say something. Also, I think that what's happening in this country is just I think it's it's really helping people to recognize how important it is to be able to pivot and don't be too nothing is certain in this life. I I don't want to get too much into, you know, and this this podcast is not about my spiritual beliefs, but my the my spiritual beliefs Um, align with the idea that change is inevitable and, and change will always happen. You can never be too sure of anything. And I think that if once we get really certain and sure of something in life, God has a really funny way of sort of um taking it away from us to teach us something. So, I say this to say, you know, I don't think anything is a guarantee or a certainty. So, if your business in your business, you should really be focused on how you adjust and pivot and how agile you are when it comes to changes. And this is a huge change that businesses are experiencing. Um so you have to think about the impact how this could impact your business. Do you do you have products that are uh, from China? Do you manufacture any parts of your products in China? So how will this you know how will you pivot from this particular situation? I think one of the good things that will come out of this whole coronavirus incident is that more businesses will rethink servicing, you know, manufacturing their products in other countries. It's important to, and it creates more jobs when we are um, producing and manufacturing products within the United States. I will send a, um, I posted a video on my Insta stories about, um, from a page that reports on different news stories around New York. And one of the stories that they shared was how the garment district in New York City is now booming with the coronavirus because as we all know, a lot of our favorite clothing brands manufacture their products in China. So what's really, really um, dope to see is that you know, more jobs have been created because p- more people are like, I need to get clothes that are made in the United States. So more people are running out to these tailors and these um, these clothing producers in um, New York City. So business is booming to the point where it's creating more jobs. So I think we need to all take a look at the the objects that we use, and I know it's tough, especially with things like our smartphones, because our smartphones were not manufactured in the United States, so that's kind of something outside of our control, but taking a look at the things we use in our daily lives, looking at the clothes, where are the clothes that you wear and the clothing on your backs, where are those made and manufactured? And making more of an effort to buy things that are um, sourced in the United States, made in the United States. And I'm thinking of American Apparel. I think American Apparel is out of business now. However, they were a great example of a clothing company that was made and manufactured in, as far as I know, in the United States. Um, I think that was one of the main draws to that clothing brand. But looking at how the virus will impact your business, and I'm thinking of the Charles Darwin quote that said, and I'm paraphrasing the quote. Some of you may know it, but it basically says, Um, It is not the strongest species nor the smartest that will survive, but the species that is best able to adjust to change. And I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. I think I've quoted that in articles before. It is one of my favorite quotes, but I absolutely agree. I think It is not how much money you have, how intelligent you are, because if you're not able to adjust to change, look at Blockbuster. Blockbuster was a thriving business, but they were not able to adjust to the changes fast enough, and now, you know, where's Blockbuster now? So um, I just, that was my two cents, but I, I think it's also important for us to think about how people can best work remotely. I also think one of the um the results of the coronavirus is that more companies are gonna rethink having employees work remotely. And how can we integrate more remote work into our company? Um, thinking about how to engage people online. And and there's a lot of articles on this because there's many companies that already have a lot of remote teams, and you might have team members. Some of you listening may have team members. From different parts of the the world. So, how do you keep people engaged? And you know, as a this is something that also professors have to think about. If you teach hybrid or online courses, you have to integrate um, activities and parts of your lesson plan that keep people engaged. It's hard to keep people engaged. One thing I do not do is you will not catch me talking for three hours on a video for my students or just in a webinar. Um, I think online webinars after an hour, I would say they lose their effectiveness and it's hard to keep people focused with all of the millions of distractions we have every single day. Um, So thinking about, and I'll leave a Harvard Business Review is my favorite um, publication, one of my favorite publications, and I actually have a subscription so I get to read all of their amazing articles and research, but um, I'll leave an article in the show notes about how to um, increase the effectiveness of remote teams and remote work and how to en- keep people engaged um, when they're working remotely. Are you working from home this week? I would love to hear about your experiences, Connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is Nice. It's in the show notes. I would love to hear about what you're doing and your experiences. Um, And so that concludes this episode. I'm sorry this was so disorganized. And it was just a hodgepodge of my feelings. And I'm actually posting this a little bit late. But hopefully for those of you who are on your morning commute tomorrow, uh, you can listen or today on your morning commute. This will go out Monday... Uh, March 8th. Um, Two weeks from my B-Day. Is it two weeks? March 9th, I'm sorry. Um, Two weeks from my B-Day. But it's been a pleasure to connect with you all today and stay safe. Get your rest. I hope you're getting your your seven to eight hours of sleep. And I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you. And I will um, talk to y'all in the next episode.